When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, listeners. Just a quick note. We recorded this episode before current events, but hopefully you'll still be able to find it useful and maybe distracting. Take care. Hi, I'm Talia Vacasis. And I'm Kim France. And welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. So on the list of themes we came up with, there was one that I found weirdly exciting, and that is anger. I know I spend a lot of time thinking about anger, which is funny because I probably come off as somebody who's never angry. But I think that's probably true for a lot of women, because from a young age, we're taught to push our anger away. It's invalidated. We're taught it's not welcome. And we're going to talk about that with our guests later in the show. But first, to set the tone, we asked you to send in voice memos about your anger, when you get angry, how it makes you feel, and we got so many good responses. So here are a few of those clipped together. They're anonymous, and I think they're really good. Now that I'm in my mid-40s, anger feels like one of the emotions I can most easily tap into. I am 48 and I didn't start realizing that anger was something that I was legitimately feeling until I think after I got divorced when I was 40. As a young adult, I think I still held in my anger quite a bit. What I'm angry about can be something so petty like my husband bought salad in a hard clamshell plastic container and I'll just get so angry because that's what's destroying the earth and there's no reason to buy lettuce in that form. With age I also feel like I've become way more insecure, always feeling like I'm not good enough. I don't know if it's social media or if it's just the pressure that women have today that we didn't have years before, 
but it's just all the pressure, all of it just really gets to me. I get mad when I feel that I am doing an unfair share of the domestic chores in my house. You know, how is it 2020 and we're in just such a racist and sexist American culture and society still that does not support families and differently abled people? I think a lot of my current anger is, you know, focused around the patriarchy. I realized that I was just walking around every day, just like full of what I called the nameless rage. Like, just, like, pissed off all the time. Anger can sometimes actually feel like a hot, burning rage inside of my body, which feels a little intense. I grew up in the South. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be the person that minimizes situations and and be polite. For a lot of women to see Elizabeth Warren, arguably the most well-prepared, the most hardworking, the smartest person in the race drop out, it's painful and enraging in its own way, but it's also because when you get over 40, like, we've seen it happen so many times in politics, in business, in entertainment. It sucks, and you just sort of feel like, is anything ever going to change? being a white man in the world, like things are easier for him. They really, really don't feel that at all. So I have to keep explaining it. And it's so frustrating. I am learning how to sit with it and enjoy it and be feel like I'm allowed to be angry. And that's okay. Like men do it all the freaking time. For me, anger was very motivating and actually quite valuable. As I age, greater self-knowledge is helping me understand where the rage is coming from and also accepting it and saying there are really legitimate reasons for me to be angry and I'm okay with that. Wow. Weren't those good? Yeah, they're really good. I love the woman who said, my anger is focused around the patriarchy. (laughs) Yes. What did the other woman say? She called it like her unnameable rage. Yeah, the nameless rage. The nameless rage. I kind of love that. I know. Walking around with a nameless rage. The one that spoke to me, too, is the one who felt the pressures of domestic life and social media and how that pressure can boil over into anger as well. Yeah. No, it's true. And, And I think that a lot of emotions like overlap with anger. The woman also who said that when her husband buys clamshell salad containers and it seems like such a small thing and it's funny because I get into fights with my husband because he if he buys produce he groups them all together with those little thin sheer plastic bags Mm -hmm. that's basically just a grouping technique and I'm like those plastic bags are so stupid like you can just group your oranges together on the conveyor belt without needing the enclosure of the bag. Well, the anger isn't about the actual action. It's about, I would think, having to repeat again and again, do not buy the clamshell boxes, do not use the plastic bags. And feeling maybe like you're not being heard. Yeah. You're not being listened to. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, I, I also like the Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. No, the Elizabeth Warren quote was great. And I think a lot of women, you know, certainly according to my social media, a lot of women are very pissed off about that. Yeah. There was also the day that we're recording this is also the day that Harvey Weinstein uh, was sentenced to 23 years. And that felt like a lot of women's anger boiling over. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the top things that make you angry? Um, well, of course, our president, my president, rather, not yours, um, and his administration. I just feel like every choice he makes is the wrong one. He's, in, I, I, I think he's just evil. Mm. Um, the sexism and misogyny that I see still so many places in our culture, the fact that women are having to fight for the right for safe and legal abortions in the year 2020, I think is is stunning. Um, I get angry when I see um, the success of my enemies, <laughs> or rather, <laughs> you know, just seeing bad people undeserving get ahead. enemies. Yeah, undeserving. Yeah, people who are undeserving or people who are outright bad getting ahead. That makes me very angry. And That's if I let one. myself think about him, I can get pretty angry thinking about my ex-husband. How about you? <laughs> I like a gloss over that. How about you? <laughs> um, I yeah the. Domestic life makes me very angry. I am hesitant to say that it's my actual kids, but just the situations that I find myself in with my kids sometimes make me feel very angry. Um, but also that like the Harvey Weinstein situation, the stuff that is coming out every day about uh, sexual harassment in every possible workplace makes me crazy. Um, little transparent plastic produce bags make me angry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like I was an even killed person for many years. And now it's just like, it's a, it's party time for my anger. <laughs> See, I feel like I've always been kind of angry and that I used to be angrier. Hmm. And now you're chiller? I'm, I'm, I'm more chill. I mean, what happened was, um, I can, I can actually remember the event that made me a less angry person. Hmm. Um, and it has to do with my ex-husband, um, during our, when we were married, I had a, a very lucrative job and he worked as a teacher. And so when we got divorced, um, he decided that he was going to go after as much of my money as he could get. Hmm. And um, I was furious about that. We were married three years. We didn't have any children. He had, you know, I had my faults as a wife, but he certainly was not present for me as a husband in many ways during important times. And um, I was just furious. And I was furious that the law was going to let this happen. Right. And, you know, that laws that were put on the books to protect women were going were being used in his case to get money from me. And I was so furious about it. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to just go into a spiral about this. Like, this will eat me alive, and I can't let it. Hmm. And that's when I kind of realized, like, anger is just, all the of all the other things it is, and I think it can be a productive emotion in many ways, but I think it can also be a really corrosive emotion, which is why this quote um, is really good. And the quote is, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I love that. It's a really good one. But then, you know, something else my older brother said once, which I can really relate to, is he said of himself, I'm only ever five minutes away from anything I've ever been angry about in my life. 
Meaning it's so close to the surface? Yeah, like just like it could have happened 20 years ago, but the, but the <laughs> anger is still white hot if he just takes a few minutes to access it. Right, right. Yeah, it's easily accessible. Yes, I can, I can very strongly relate to that. I can very strongly relate to, yeah, going from zero to 100 in no time flat and realizing like, wow, I was really on the edge for a long time. I loved how some of the women in the clips talked about this realization in the end that their anger is valid um, and that they want to take stock of it and be aware of what triggers it and work with it. And so on that note, uh, I have another clip for you. We have an enormous power in this. We should be making people comfortable with the discomfort they feel when women say no unapologetically. We can take emotions and think in terms of competence and not gender. People who are able to process their anger and make meaning from it are more creative, more optimistic, they have more intimacy, they're better problem solvers, they have greater political efficacy. People who are able to process their anger and make meaning from it, that is what I want to bring into the world. I want to be that person. So that's from the incredible TED Talk, The Power of Women's Anger, by Soraya Shimali. And she is our guest today. Soraya is an award-winning writer and media critic whose writing appears regularly in The Atlantic, The Nation, Time, Salon, The Guardian, and The New Statesman. And she also wrote a book called Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Women's Anger. It was a fascinating and, for me, very clarifying read about anger. We had such a great conversation with her, and so we're just going to jump right in. Here we are with Soraya Shamali. Can you tell us, Soraya, what does anger do for us? What's the point of it? So I think the point of our anger is, is to have us realize that there's a problem. It warns us of threat. It warns us to threats to our dignity, to our physical safety, to our well-being, it's the signal emotion. Anger is very rational. Like something is happening that requires your attention and that requires you to make change. It's really the emotion that has <laughs> made it possible for human beings to survive. Without anger, I don't really think we'd be here. It's a, you say in the book, it's a line of defense against injustice. And, and honestly, like one of the central theses of the book is why have we made it impossible for girls and women to defend themselves? Because anger is a self-defensive emotion, and yet we have systematically, socially associated it so firmly with men and with male leadership that, you know, we, we find for so many girls and women that to be angry they are um, in conflict with their own sense of femininity and what it means to, to be a good person. I was struck by the description of how a man and a woman could be experiencing the same emotion, but in a man it will be classified as anger, but in a woman as sadness. We don't expect anger in women. We expect sadness. Why is that? You know, a lot of people really do think that anger is a man's emotion, and they, they incorrectly link that, for example, to the presence of testosterone, which people also sort of incorrectly think is the quote-unquote male hormone. But I, it also serves a specific purpose because anger is the language, it's the emotion of self-defense, and um, we disarm girls and women. We separate this emotion 
from the idea of femininity. And, and my question really is, why would we do that? Why would we make the emotion of warning and self-defense and self-protection uh, masculine only? Why would we punish girls and women, which we clearly do, for expressing anger if anger is the emotion that serves us in that way as a signal emotion to say, hey, you know, there's something wrong and, and we need to have it addressed. We need to do something about the thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. I And I, I it's interesting. I'm just listening to you talk and... I think that the rap on me always when I was growing up is that I was a sad and quiet child. Right. But maybe I was just really pissed off. Well, I mean, I think what happens to a lot of us is that we learn pretty early on that the the anger that we may have is not welcome, that it's not palatable, that it, it will make us, it will isolate us, it will make us ugly, it will be seen as... Uh, very bad behavior. We will not be good people. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of girls and women learn that being angry makes them bad people. It makes them bad girls, bad women. And so we take those lessons to heart. You know, I mean, basically all children are trying to do is please please the adults about or around them. This whole conversation is making me so angry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but it is. I mean, it, it, it makes me think about my girlhood. It makes me think about all the ways in which I was, you know, pers- you know, kind of pushed to be a certain kind of little girl. Right. And and how um, infuriating that is. There is also a particular emphasis on anger being a negative force for girls and women who are white in the culture. So, you know, we talk a lot about stereotypes and one of the most powerful stereotypes when it comes to anger is the stereotype of the angry black woman. And that is used to police black women and to silence black women all the time, every day, you know, whether they're at work, whether they're political commentators in media, they really don't even have to say anything. They just have to show up. In all of these stereotypes, the thing that I find interesting about the stereotype of white women when they're angry is that they're crazy, right? Like you might, mm. if, if you're a black woman, you're an angry black woman, which, which just makes you unattractive and problematic in general. Um, if you're of Hispanic descent, you're much more likely to be dismissed in a way that sexualizes you um, or that is related mm. to consumption. So she's mm. hot, she's spicy, you know. That kind of dismissive, all of fiery, all of that. If you're of Asian descent, the way that your anger gets mocked or trivialized is more likely to be along the lines of, oh, she's sad. You know, she's it's a passive it's it's more passive description. But if you're white, the depictions in media tend towards crazy. And it always kind of makes me, you know. And it always kind of makes me laugh because the implication is you must be crazy. You have it a lot better than the rest of these women. We could be doing this to you, too. You know, I mean, what are you thinking? And Mm. so I I just think it's the way these things get dismissed is meaningful. I just I'm I'm thinking about how often the word bitch was thrown out at me. Yeah. Um, And it feels like that's a that's one that gets bandied about a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no end, right? I mean, you sort of go from being a, a, a spoiled brat princess to being a hormonal teen to being a high-maintenance bitch to being a, an ugly nag. I mean, this can go on forever, you know? There's no shortage. It, there's sort of life stages of slurs and 
ways of mocking and uh, minimizing women when they get angry. One of the most kind of depressing and startling things that I did find, there was one really interesting study that said, what do you fear the most when you get angry? Uh, And it wasn't the threat of violence or professional retaliation. Most women said that what they feared was mockery. And Hmm. that's really, I think, so telling because we just get used so early to not being taken seriously and to have what we're saying is serious and important be laughed at. All right, we're going to take a little break here for some ads, and we'll be back in a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it. Do it. Uh, okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. Welcome back to Everything is Fine. We're talking to Soraya Shamali, the author of Rage Becomes Her. What, what are the expectations around older women in anger? Well, that they should just be quiet. 
Like, <laughs> no one wants to listen to an older woman. That's really the <laughs> expectation. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we look at our, our older women politicians, they are just endlessly judged for expressing themselves assertively and with dominance and authority. They don't even have to be angry. They have every right to be angry. Um, <laughs> but when they are angry, there's just a cascade of disparagement. It's it's almost parodying itself at this point. Like it does, you would think hopefully we would be past this and we are so not past it. No, we're not past it at all. And And, and, and I think everything that's happening right now, you know, in America, sort of reinforces that. Right. Even just the way that the candidates are reported on, you know, we're more likely to hear, you know, well, this female candidate was terrible to her staff. You never hear that about a male candidate. Right. They're expected to be terrible to their staff. Right. And they also have a lot of women running around doing emotional labor for them that women candidates generally don't. I mean, you know, male candidates, when they act badly when they make a, 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 a mistake that hurts people, there's usually someone around who's sending a note, sending flowers, remembering a birthday. Um, and we know this from lots of studies. That's not happening so much for women in the workplace, whether they're candidates or corporate officers. That kind of labor they're still expected to do themselves. What about the study you quote that says that the more money a woman spends on grooming, the higher her salary at work Isn't is, that regardless a good of one? her job performance? Yeah, a lot of people interpreted th- that to mean prettier women get paid more. But that is not the conclusion of the researchers. What the researchers found through a very interesting way that they shaped the study was that women who wear makeup to go, for example, they, you know, when they go to work, they're, they're well made up and they spend time on their appearance. They're rewarded not because of how they look, but for the fact that they are willing to conform to expectations of gender. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I think it's it fascinating. It made me think of real estate agents, like real estate agents who have to spend so much money on their nails and their hair. And their, like they always have to look a certain way. And it's that certain way is a real stereotype of femininity. Yeah, it's super interesting. And, you know, there are very few job categories that have changed gender. But real estate agents is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one that was traditionally dominated by men, but is now dominated by women. And I wonder if the women in those industries are more likely to go through the the process of confirming that, that they are, in fact, willing to conform in those ways because they're otherwise threatening uh, to men doing those jobs. In the book, you also talked about your own struggles with, well, how you feel conflicted by the desire to resist ageism and your love of feminine things. Yes. And that's something we talk about a lot on the show. Yeah, I um, mean, it's, it's really kind of yeah. sad and it's a real double bind because while we can celebrate those things that we love and we can understand why uh, ageism is bad, we also know that there are real penalties to looking older if you're a woman. You know, there are they're not just about feelings. It's about your income and your ability to work and um, to have your expertise taken seriously. Um, and so it's hard. It's hard to know how to navigate it, when to navigate it, when to ignore it. 
all of those things. I mean, I think any woman, particularly women in media who, you know, the, the, the way you look in media, we mm. know that, that older women in television are virtually still today invisible. They're just not there. But aging doesn't affect men that way in media because the older a man no, gets, the, the more authority yeah. he has. The more trustworthy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Well, you know, it's so funny. This, I mean, this is sort of off on its own little tangent. But this morning, I was in. Um, I'm out in California right now, and I took an Uber to go to the studio, and um, I was like, "Wait, did I forget to put on makeup?" <laughs> and for about five seconds, I had this like hot flash of like real fear. Right. That I had like forgotten to like you know do this thing I do every single day, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I had gone out in the world that way. It was like having one of those dreams that you didn't study you for didn't, a test. Right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say that you weren't wearing underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No. Yeah. What is it about aging that makes us feel so angry? You know, it's not. I don't even think it's aging. I've decided that you know a lot of the stereotypes of women and girls related to anger, interestingly, center around times of real transition for women. Puberty, menopause, for example, pregnancy. And those experiences are not experiences that men generally have. And so from the perspective of knowledge that comes from experience, <laughs> there's not, men don't have that, right? And so, hmm. When we think of hormonal teens or we think of menopausal women who are filled with rage, I think that our ideas really lack context. They, they lack experience in their description and social understanding of them because those changes change everything for women and girls, not just their bodies, but all of their social relationships, how they perceive themselves in society, how they're loved ones, co-workers, think about them, interact with. And so I don't think it's so much aging as a dismissal of the changes that come with all of those transitions. I think we all understand the costs that come with aging for women because they are real. But I also mm -hmm. think we underestimate the impact of change and we trivialize what those changes mean. Right, because they're 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 scary. I mean, they're like they're dark. Some of them, and they're depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the idea. You say that for women, the idea that anger management requires us to exert not more control over our anger, but less. Right. And so you say in the book, like you want your anger to be purposeful, deliberate, engaging, and change making. Um, so how can how can people try to lose control of their anger a little bit? Um, well, I don't really like the word control or anger management. The way that I think about it is more in terms of emotional competence more broadly. We mm -hmm. are human beings. We have these emotions. We are rarely taught as children how to recognize, think about, and use those emotions, um, other than with anger to be told that it's negative and that we should control it or push it down or ignore it, you know, like exactly the wrong, the wrong advice, frankly, because that mm -hmm. never works. It just never works to ignore your anger. And so 
What I advocate for instead is rethinking our general approach to emotions and emotionality. Your emotions are critical. They're, they're trying to tell you something very important. So what is the emotion trying to tell you? And then what does it mean, which is different? And then what can you do about it? There are many positive and creative ways to express anger that refute the idea that it's destructive and isolating and dangerous and risky. Because in fact, it's probably one of the most social emotions. Anger really requires that you communicate with others nine times out of 10, and that when you find others who feel the way you feel, you form communities, you form organizations, mm. you form unions, you find groups of friends, you find like-minded people. Forget the stereotypes that you know about anger. Here's a way to rethink anger and what to do with it. Given everything that's going on in our world at the moment, can a person, and I'm speaking here, of course, about myself, be um, forgiven for retreating into complete denial? I feel like denial has kept me from losing, like losing it over our current president. But I think it's also immobilized me. Yeah. I mean, denial's interesting because I actually, I don't know if I would use the word denial. Denial to me is often a it's a protective cognitive response, right? Like climate change is so scary and overwhelming, we're just going to deny it could happen. That that sort mm -hmm. of thing, right? To me, in the current political environment, um, it's not so much denial as saturation and the need to care for oneself because the 24-7 news cycle, just the awareness of how sharp the divisions in the nation are, are overwhelming. And it makes, I think, a lot of people feel not just despondent or despairing, but so powerless that they throw up their hands. Um, but I also think it goes in cycles. Um, mm. I think a lot of people are going through a massive consciousness raising. And a lot of those people then think in activist terms, but any lifelong activist will tell you that it's a two steps forward, one step back, do what you can, take care of yourself. Um, it's, I call it a baton exercise. You, you, you do, you know, you, you run your, your sprint or you run your leg, but then you have to pass the baton and take a break. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember when Trump was elected thinking the way I'm going to get through this is just by keeping my head really deep in the sand for as long as I can, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. isn't a very healthy way to live. Yeah, I don't think that that it is a healthy way to live. I, I think that it will just catch up with you. I feel like there's also almost the, the, the anger that you're talking about when you talk about anger at our political situation is almost more noble than like the anger that I often feel, which is just this private anger in my house. <laughs> my most common anger is towards my, I don't want to say towards my kids, but in situations with my kids. Um, and I feel a lot of shame around that. There was an article in the New York Times parenting section that talked a lot about the private rage that mothers feel a lot of the time and how we're not allowed to publicly acknowledge it or express it. And I felt very seen when I read that. I, I agree with you. I think the crux of so much of the anger we feel as mothers is that we're allowed to be angry as mothers, again, on behalf of others, like our children or other people's children, 
But we are not allowed to be angry about the stress and the unfairness of motherhood, of being the default parent, of incurring all mm-hmm. the costs that come with caring for children and parents and spouses and households. And to be angry about what, in theory, according to our society, is natural to us brings that feeling of shame. Like, how can you? You must be a bad mother if you're angry about being a mother, you know? And exactly. I have to be honest, I don't, I don't have a lick of patience for that. Like, when I started <laughs> feeling that, um, do you guys curse on this show? Yeah, do. <laughs> when, when I started feeling time. that, my basic response was, fucking hell, this is insane. Like, I don't really know what these women around me are doing right now, but I can't do this because this is ridiculous, right? But right. there's so much pressure on women to sacrifice themselves for their children and their families and to do this care work. And there's no recognition yes. of what that yes. means. And I think that makes us angry. And then our anger is thrown back at us to call us selfish or mean-spirited or unfeeling or callous or whatever, you know. And so the way I put it in the book, and I've written about this before because I really genuinely think this is the case, there's a lot of talk in the United States about motherhood. We love motherhood, but we really really don't support mothers. We don't Hmm. care what happens to mothers. If we cared what happened to mothers, we wouldn't have skyrocketing maternal death rates, you know, especially for for black women and brown women. If we cared what happened to mothers, we would have humane health care. If we cared what happened to mothers, we would have work-life parental leave and family leave policies. We have none of those things. We literally Hmm. are the most cruel and callous society among our peer, our peer nations. And so I don't really know any mother that's not angry. But the number of mothers that can admit that they're angry is a lot smaller. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I live in Canada and I had a one-year maternity leave, which is incredible. And I'm, I have nothing bad to say about that. But once the year is over, the year is over and you're still tra- trapped in the life cycle of all the demands on you. Yeah. What's a way for women listening to frame their anger or to feel like it could be, I don't know, their superpower? Yeah, I mean, really and truly, I think that it's an incredible opportunity to rethink anger because there's so much energy that goes into anger. And we learn, unfortunately, to use that energy in a way that hurts us. So one of my number one goals in writing the book was I wanted to provide a way that meant girls and women weren't hurting themselves anymore. I I just see too many girls and women, and I've seen it over the course of my whole life, who have ended up being sick or tired or really hurting themselves because they were unable to claim their own rights or their own self-defense or say, I have... I have legitimate grievances, and I have the right to demand that my society cares for me the way I'm expected to care for my society. So if this conversation spoke to you or you feel angry and you don't know what to do about it, go get Soraya's book, Rage Becomes Her. 
And can you tell people how else should they find you? Is there somewhere else that you would like people to know? Sure, thank you. I write freelance and I mainly share my work in Twitter where my Twitter handle is at S-C-H-E-M-A-L-Y. Also in Facebook uh, where I have a writer's page and, and in Instagram. And it's just my, my name is the account name. But thank you so much for having me today. It was really lovely to talk to you. Thank oh, well, you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts, Talia Bacassis and Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have suggestions for show ideas or anything else, email us at tallyandkim at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast, and you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.